With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's the show that releases content almost as often as Apex Legends. This is the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's Seven, and we're coming at you live from where hell has frozen over, otherwise known as Team Liquid's IEM Victory Party. Oh, wow. There's, I don't even I know how to uh, respond to this intro of calling us out and also Liquid Team Liquid. Just dropping truth bombs. We're, I guess we're in good company. Just dropping truth bombs. On this episode, the international is printing money. Tencent brings peace to PUBG. Magic proves that cheating isn't limited to digital games. Energy gets out of Overwatch. And Call of Duty is finally getting franchised. But first, the politicians are back at it again. We have all these problems in the world, and we are worried about loot boxes. So U.S. Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri has introduced the Protecting Children from Abusive Games Act, a bill to ban loot boxes and pay-to-win microtransactions actions in games that minors can play which is the best law ever that couldn't possibly go wrong right right so we see the industry start to shift away from loot boxes seeing the writing on the wall we've already seen rulings in some european countries that have outlawed this but does a bill like this open up a whole new can of worms especially with how general it is oh yeah absolutely (laughs) i think when you say games that minors can play but also uh the pay to win microtransaction piece like what determine like you? You talk to a lot of people who play Hearthstone. It's like, oh, it's pay to win. Well, not entirely. It's not like you can just yeah, buy what the, is the win. Definition. It's like someone can right. actually do the analysis of if you are a better player if you can buy lots of packs of cards instead of earn them. Well, I mean, I remember playing some like Nexon games back in the day, and they were Maple like, Maple Story. No, it wasn't Maple Story. It was uh, whatever they're like, Fly FF. They're clone for like it was like a Counter Strike clone, basically. Maple Story. Yeah, Maple Story. <laughs> uh, basically, it was the uh, is the battle royale version. No, it was that does exist. That you would legit like start off a, a match and you could either play with certain, you could earn certain weapons, or you could just outright buy them. And the weapons were vastly different in power, right? So for three dollars, you could kill all your opponents with a right click. Basically, yeah, it was just it was awful. And I was like, okay, I'm out of this because evidently I don't want to spend like forty dollars for like an AK. I'm just going to sit here with a pistol and try and shoot people. Like that's just that's not fun, right? Maybe that story was is my my ultimate definition of pay to win, right? Did you buy 
with real life dollars the AK to play this game. No, all right, then you just don't get a win. Yeah, it's interesting. So I think of a weird uh, fringe example from a very recent game release is Mortal Kombat. Maple story. Where, damn it, <laughs> you can't do it to me. It's my joke. Uh, Mortal Kombat has uh, currencies, and one of the currencies you earn is through doing fatalities, which ironically you can then spend currency on to get easy fatalities. So those easy fatalities are basically like hold down the right trigger and press a button to do the fatality and thus earn more cash than can be spent on things. But then you could say, but they're just cosmetics. Like it's a very vague term created by somebody that read an article once about video games. Pretty much. Yeah. And then it's also the whole uh, games that miners can play. I mean, that's just again. put this in perspective. I played the hell out of some leisure suit Larry when I was like 14 because it was the game that you're like, oh, I'm not allowed to buy this. I'm going to pirate it and play it on the internet <laughs> this explains all the manscaping ads i'm just kidding whoa whoa <laughs> shout out the sponsor careful now yeah anyways <laughs> i don't know we don't know where Awkward to go pause. with that off to the next story <laughs> we um, don't know where to go because sponsors are a rare thing around this this uh studio uh, i didn't know what to do they were like could you read an ad for us i'm like i'm sorry like, what is that thing? I've been doing this for three years. I've never had to read one Are we being trolled? I think, I think this was all a joke. They didn't actually release that ad. They just wanted to hear me talk about balls. That's it. That's really what it was about. Yeah. Literally, you know, they used to need to show up an hour earlier to the show, and it would have been fine. <laughs> Jesus. In just two days, the International 2019 Battle Pass has contributed more funds to the TI-9 prize pool than any other year combined. The Dota 2 community seems to be on their game this year. We talked about last year they had to kind of keep goosing it along. Uh, they have a record-setting first few days, and it doesn't look like it's leveling off either. That graph is, like, vertical. It's- oh, yeah. It's not like... I think last year at this point in time, the difference was... Something like, I don't know, like $50,000 or like maybe like it was it was minor, maybe even like half a million dollars difference. But it's almost like $2 million. Almost two, difference. It's like 1.8. Yeah, yeah it's insane. it's a considerable amount of difference. Uh, I think at the time when we we're recording this, it was about like 27% increase. It is where it is today at like I think when I last looked, it was like two days and three hours into it where it took them six days to get to last year. So they're ahead of the curve. I think it is a little more uh, fruitful this year than it was last year. Like you said, they kind of it lagged a little bit, and they came out. They always come out with stuff kind of in stages, right? Right, to kind right. Of do so it again. was definitely like there was points last year where we were reporting we weren't sure they were going to actually be able to beat the previous year, yeah. and they were able to obviously. Uh, but why? Like, what well, has changed so this time? A couple of things. I, I think that. Uh, having a more organized league play has helped a little bit on top of the fact that their current player base is sitting just a little bit over like 520, like I think it last I looked like 523,000 players, which is that's compared to 474,000 last year. So it's a, a sizable bump in concurrent players. Uh, then that's an average too. So when you have like that additional, almost 50,000 people playing, you tend to have, more people who were going to buy in. And so there's a, a decent amount of, of a bump. But I, I think it's just they seem to have their stuff together this year more so than last year. I'm going to do an on-the-fly tie back to the previous story because this is something that just hit me as we were talking about this. A lot of elements of the battle pass, What if you were to take a battle pass, which is supposed to solve the loot box problem, right. but if it gets classified as selling a thing that means pay to win... You have to start being concerned about the elements of your battle pass and what is the long-term impact on that for these games when it comes to like raising your prize pool for the biggest Dota 2 tournament of the year. Like You're going to have to be positive that you're keeping these things fully cosmetic, which is interesting because like a lot of the battle passes also increase base experience that you're gaining. So Paladins is one that I think of, and Paladins can give you other rewards 
through that experience that are not cosmetic that you earn through. There's just a lot, there's so much flexibility in that interpretation yeah. of the law. It just worries me quite a bit. That it could be far more heavy handed than they intended, which to be clear would not be the first time that happened with a law in this country, but just saying. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And I think that to jump back to that too, is if you can make it general, you can include whatever you want to, right? Like, and, and it makes it really difficult uh, for the games industry to work around. And now the thing that you had sort of touched on, which is uh, the Entertainment Software Association Association. Wow, I can't even really talk today. Uh, yeah, uh, did respond to, I think, uh, even Kotaku around this article, which is, they stated that uh, they passed along the information saying that numerous countries, including Ireland, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, uh, determined that loot boxes do not constitute gam gambling and that we look forward to sharing with the senator the tools and information the industry already provides that keeps the control of in-game spending in parents' hands. Uh, I... I I don't that I, last I, I bit think we're giving stretch. a little too much credit. Right, but you can at least say that these other countries have already established it doesn't. So the question is are they doing it because it's for gambling, which is not actually I think the point they're trying to make here. They're that was the other thing it's too, predatory yeah. in that it's forcing people to spend lots and lots of money by going after those like synapses in the brain. Yeah. Not necessarily that it constituted gambling. Well, you know, I guess maybe this guy's also got that whole like anti-global warming thing going on too. Oh, I don't God. know. Oh, God. Moving on Just before it gets too political. <laughs> uh, PUBG Mobile is shut down in China as Tencent pulls the plug on the popular Battle Royale title. The kicker, however, is that they have replaced it with a near identical game called Game of Peace, a little on the nose there, uh, a more patriotic Battle Royale game. WTF? <laughs> so, all right. So Game for Peace is uh, pretty much a PUBG. Um, it, let's not say pretty much. It is. They changed a couple of things. One, players don't die. They fall to their knees and kind of like wave to you and then disappear. So they don't actually like fall over. There's no body. They get like Thanos? Is that what's yeah, spoiler they, alert, by the way, if you I haven't seen uh, Avengers? I, wait, wait. Did you just like, I don't know. Anyway, so they just disappear. I don't know anything about Avengers, so whatever. Uh, okay. Anyways, so there's that piece. Um the blood effects end up like they're obviously don't like have confetti? the blood thing. It's it's no, it's like uh like blue and green. It's basically like paintball. So it looks like Splatoon. Basically, yeah. They did the Splatoon thing. Uh but the kicker to some of this is that people are logging in and have like the same experience level and stuff that they had in the PUBG. Oh, same game data and the whole nine. Oh years. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dirty. So they, it was like legit just a, a total we've changed the name of things. Uh, this one is more compliant with the rules that China put in place, which didn't, uh, which was stopping them from earning any money on PUBG. So they we had seventy million users and weren't making a dime, right? Well, we because remember we kept saying like it is hugely popular. Why is uh, why is that only a small amount of their their line for a PUBG Corp? Right, because we originally thought it was because they were taking into account the shares that they have to pay out to uh, right. the publisher for publishing it in China. Right, but it turns out that I don't know how it was, but they were only making thirty million on it. But there was seventy million players, uh, and now it's recorded. I think you had the numbers before. It was somewhere in the long the lines of almost like one point two billion dollars if yep. they capitalize on 1. it. One point one eight to one point four eight is the estimation oh if gosh. they can get all seventy million of those players over. And it sounds like literally you just need to find Game of Peace and log in because there's no data migration process for you. They've taken care of everything, so then you can just hit people with paintballs and wave goodbye. It is, it is uh, uh, I mean... I think the word you're looking for is absurd. It is It is absurd. We'll, we'll say it's absurd. 
I bet you yeah. that China has a rule that says you can't sell loot boxes to people who could potentially be minors. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot. They also instituted like the game time. Part of this that was kind of ripping on Tencent or uh, ripping into their finance. I mean, they've been hemorrhaging money because of they've been locked on. They couldn't release titles. Right, they right. Had to get all you approved. have to get approval for every game, and China basically just stopped approving their titles for release. Right, right. So they had to take PUBG off the market and put this on. Uh, and it's a far more patriotic as well, by the way. I love how because that's I think your character. Well, no, it's patriotic because the character you are playing is part of like the uh, Chinese Air Force. Oh. So yes, and and how do they yeah. tell that little bit of story? Because PUBG isn't exactly a story-driven <laughs> game to begin with. I don't know. Well, they must have taken out all the hot pants items that you can get from like all the random things from like Jesus. Twitch drops and stuff. No, I'm just, it probably was never in the mobile. But anyways, oh man, it could be worse, Americans. It could be worse. Pro Magic the Gathering player Watanabe was disqualified from the Mythic Championship in London this past weekend after judges found he had marked the sleeves of specific cards to give him an edge. So we've obviously been uh, dogging on a lot of esports players for cheating in games. We had the infamous Word.exe situation. Uh, but the twist in all this, that he has a sponsor that comes out during this whole story. Yeah, this is and weird. And says that he is framed. Now, I want to give a little bit of detail here. So what was going on, he's basically running a Urzatron deck. And in those Urza lands, if, I'm not going to go through the whole magic of behind why Urza lands are powerful. But he had basically had mysteriously marked or had wear and tear on the card sleeves for only the Urzatron cards. They did all, Kotaku had all these images kind of showing how none of the non-Urzatron cards were marked. All the Urzatron cards were marked at multiple places on the front and the back in the corners. And these were supposed to be sleeves that were brand new for this tournament. Right. And we weren't even all the way through the tournament when this was noticed. It's very interesting uh, that now we're going with, no, oh, he's been framed. So what happened is, is he went, uh, like I think it was like in the group play, he went undefeated in like the first day or whatever it may have been. And so they get to like round, around 12, they checked his deck and everything was fine. Um, and then he switched sleeves after losing against someone. Oh, and then, right, in the right, right. And so then they checked the deck then after that and they cleared him. But then when he got into the top eight, before the top eight, they checked again, and that's when they caught him. So he's saying, well, I was already cleared once. So why now all of a sudden did they find me right before we're about to go into the top eight? Because I wasn't paying close enough well, well, so some people are saying that likely what happened is it got checked. Someone raised a flag, and that's why he got checked again right before going into top eight for confirmation somebody noticed that. and they took it to a third person who confirmed it and made the ruling so it was the dramas yeah right uh, and so the, but the weird thing was, was like side games coming out and being like oh no he's totally he's Completely totally been framed <laughs> he's been framed <laughs> that's so weird I, his name's not roger rabbit i'm just saying the next time i have uh there's a bad youtube comment against me i want manscaping to come out he's been framed <laughs> I'm pretty sure the joke we made earlier about them has means that they are no longer going to come to your defense That's if you cheat at Magic the Gathering. That's it. That's right. See? You should have held on to that joke until you uh, won the Mythic Invitational. I, yeah, or even got to watch it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Respawn Entertainment has come out and said they have big and robust, those are quotes, uh, yes. plans for Season 2 of their Battle Pass. It sounds weirder when I say it in that deep voice, doesn't it? <laughs> big and robust. Plans for Season 2 of their Battle Pass, which they plan to reveal at E3 next month, which seems like it's too quick. Like We need to space these out, these releases out more, Respawn. I, I, so, first off, it, uh, I, like your, I like your sarcasm, uh, but... That wasn't sarcasm. I was dead. Sarcasm. Right, right. 
to me, I kept thinking of like E three is like way off, but it's like it's a month away. It's in June, right? Right. Yeah. It's it's next month. I think it's like the thirteenth or something like that. Um, but the the community is already kind of complaining that every time they come out and they say we're going to give you like weekly updates, two weeks ago by with no updates <laughs> or whatever. Maybe like every and time then your update is we're going to give you updates. Yeah, the update is we're going to give you an update uh, in a month about this big and robust thing that we're doing. You know what this sounds like. This sounds like the head of Hearthstone Esports has moved to Respawn Entertainment. <laughs> oh, man. Sipping uh, the tea over Sipping I, the tea. That's right. Um, uh, what was I going to say to that? Uh, I oh, have yeah. Succeeded. So it's, they, it's kind of taken a page out of Epic's book with these like very vague statements of, yes, there will be a thing and it is coming. And it's like, okay. And that's in a blog post in one sentence. Right. So this was uh, mentioned. Uh, well, one of the things that was mentioned during EA's uh, the whatever it is at the stock update, what's it? Financially uh, results call. earnings call. There you go. Those things. Obviously, this is why we stick to and esports. One of us watches CNN Money. The other one clearly does not. <laughs> no, someone's gotta someone's gotta play that Apex. Uh, anyways, so EA plans to release Apex Legends on mobile devices and in China. They have given nothing else outside of that, but. We want we want to go there. Is it mobile devices in China or is it mobile devices in the U.S. So and they were, in China? They were two different bullet points. Yeah. So because they said that we want to bring Apex to mobile and we also want to go into n- uh, other markets. I'm sure you do. Then they that the same thing as bringing it to mobile. <laughs> yeah. So either way, uh, I mean, EA has plans for it. For the, I think they said 50 million players is where they were at with it. They had something like, something along the lines of 30% of those were new to an EA like franchise, so they were able to gather a lot of new people. That's because a lot of people don't realize it's an EA game. <laughs> That's it, right? Uh, they're also, I think they mentioned something like in negotiations, basically with Respawn about something. I don't know what they're talking about. They're going to release content um, more than once a year. That's, yeah, that's probably it. Uh, but the other mention was that, like you know, as we had talked about anthem did not do so hot and that's kind of what tanked their quarter but not a great game yeah so but uh for big and robust plans um i just those are not big or robust yeah your your, uh, description of them is not big and robust yeah yeah vapor and more vapor would have been more (laughs) yeah i can't wait to find out that mobile uh apex legends is coming in like 2022 Right. We're going to announce it at E3 2022. We're going to announce it at BlizzCon. Well, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. That might actually come off better than Diablo, to be honest. Moving on, as mentioned at the top of the show, Liquid have ended their dry spell with a 3-2 win over Fnatic at IEM Sydney. NAF and crew take home 100K for ousting the Swedes. But most importantly is they finally have their first big event win of the year. Does this give them legend status again so they can just randomly show up in tournaments for no good reason? That's not actually the question I meant to ask. Is this win at <laughs> IEM Sydney what Liquid needed to get themselves to the next level? I mean, I think they need it. I like how you call it NAF instead of NAF, but that's, that's cool. Oh, I mean, it's because it either or. if I don't do that at least once a week, I won't get those weird comments on Instagram about how I say player names incorrectly. <laughs> so. The fact that, uh, if you notice, I didn't say anything about the Mythic Championship person because I... I, I always say one. I always want to say Wanatabe, and it's not that. And so when you said it, I was like, "Did he say it wrong too?" No. Anyway, <laughs> the I'm, answer I'm is probably answer. also yes. To be clear. If you haven't been able to tell by the show, I have a hard time pronouncing anything. Uh, so. I'll tell you what. You find me somebody that doesn't watch all 19 esports, and I give them a list of all the player names. <laughs> right. You're gonna screw them up. Too, Anyways, so. I wasn't really calling you out. I just like no, hey, no, it's funny because like, you, you read through it so fast. If you, like, you don't, don't call me, if you don't call me out on it, someone else is gonna call right, me. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to the FGC comment in a little bit. Anyways. 
I'm just joking. Uh, so this is exactly, I think, what Liquid needed. Now, I mean, they've gone, I think, 10 in a row without a win. So they made it to like 10 finals without a win or something absurd. Maybe nine. This might have been the 10. Nine finals? Nine finals without a win. So this was... That uh, NAF guy's got to step it up. For large... You're such an ass. The, for uh, large... I guess you say large events, right? So, uh, so it is good that they got the win. They finally kind of uh, broke that streak. Um, I think Twisted mentioned, you know, it finally feels like having Stewie there and everything seems to be clicking. I mean, really what it does is if you look at like the numbers and everybody they had to kind of go through, it shows that they actually have a lot of threats. Uh, and then even if like one player is targeted during their game or there's like one strategy that kind of cuts out, for instance, say Stewie, uh, the rest can actually step it up. And uh, if you look at it, I mean, throughout the tournament, they did incredibly well. Fnatic, there was a few stumbles. They never totally, I don't think they actually totally like lost lead at any given time, but they did tie it, get, you know, they could have closed it out, obviously, in game four, but didn't. Uh, and so, I mean, if you look at like Twist had a huge spike in his play. I mean, from a strength standpoint, they're doing amazingly well. Um He's it's probably his best tournament in months. Uh, Elige continues to improve. Like if you look at like, his graph and his ratings, they just continue to go up and to the right. Uh, Stewie had a flash of return to almost his 2018 form, like but last summer. Um, but probably that Fnatic matchup was l- well, not probably it was his worst match or his worst round of the entire tournament are you um, having like some classic cloud nine feels right now kind of when you start looking at like how well nrg is doing i'm like oh i miss Tarek, and i miss the stewie days <laughs> like i miss that but anyways uh, right because naf is here to save the yeah well speaking of naf but naf is basically the best shot caller in na right now hands down he might be one of the best callers in the game, I know some people are going to be like, well, what about Astralis? Well, they weren't at this tournament, which also leads me to my next point, which is IEM did lack some of the top teams. So there wasn't – Astralis wasn't there. Nabi wasn't there. Uh, even Ensu has been steadily on the rise. But they still have the usual suspects there, right? Like uh, MIBR, FaZe, NIP, uh, and NRG, which is also on the rise right now. Uh, they are doing very, 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 very well. Uh, but, uh, you know – it's it's a win nonetheless. It's a hundred k. They get to take home. They and did. It'll be followed by a giant losing streak. I mean, it's just again every time, every time this is a problem. Every time somebody wins a tournament right now and Astralis isn't at it, they're like, "Well, what if Astralis had been there?" And I'm like, because the answer is Astralis would have likely won. Yeah, yeah, or Navi, right? So this, yeah. if you look at it, those are the people that they tend to run into and tend to get stomped against. Well, maybe. <laughs> Either just, way. They've, they've gotten, a, they've gotten liquid. Yeah. I can make fun of them 10% less now. Yes. 10% less. You, a, you can't make fun of them as being, they can't be losers until they lose the, the next final though, right? Well, well, no, they won't even make it to the next final. Cause what the usual pattern is, is they will then like drop out the first round. <laughs> Offload their players. Yes. Yeah. They'll have a standing coach play for them. Yeah. That'll happen. Displayed a promising playoff run, Energy dropped their Overwatch contenders team after a mild season that left them fifth place in the West. This is a trend now of yeah. Overwatch League teams taking their investments out specifically of contenders. Is there a cure for this, or are we going to see yet another revamp of the minor system in uh, Overwatch, especially when it comes specifically to contenders? Well, I mean, I think we've seen the shock of dropdowns. Uh, I believe uh, NRG, even though I don't think they actually have, they don't have any investments in the, the, the core franchises. San Francisco right? shock. Was it? Yes. Did, was it? Did Shock have a team as well, or am I just like blanking out? I don't follow you're, contenders no, nearly you're as much. Blanking enough. out. It's energy okay. in the Shock. Okay. Anyways, so there we go. 
You screw up. You screw up Overwatch. <laughs> I screw up CS:GO. Right. It's it's a it's, it's right. a symbiotic relationship. Right, there we go. Anyways, uh, so it is part of this this mentality. Like they're not getting a lot of uh, exposure there, right? Because they went to all these like online uh, tournaments, so they're not even doing any kind of like lands. You also have to continue having the additional roster spots. You have to pay more people to be on your team. The one benefit that Blizzard was trying to pitch everybody on with contenders is that you could have some of your benched players continue to play there, right? But then it becomes like this whole back and forth around how many matches did they play? Are they eligible to play in the, I'd in rather the, in the stage? <laughs> and they would just, yeah, they rather like, this is a scrim team we play against and we occasionally bring them in. As long as the players, I guess, know that they're no longer playing in contenders, then... Is it really a loss on their end? Yeah, I mean, it's not, we're not talking about people losing contracts or anything of that nature. It's just like, we're just not going to do the team anymore. It's not worth competing. It's too much trouble. It's it's too much extra matches. Like, we have to run another team as opposed to just having them scrim. And I guess what this is at least partially saying is that the quote-unquote in-game experience that we talked about contenders with these changes they made to the minor league system this past season uh, are not proving to be as fruitful, at least in the eyes of right. a lot of teams that we expected they might have. Well, and one of the things I, I think they could have done is maybe incorporated more into the actual league again starting when you have uh matches scheduled maybe open with a contenders match or do an update during one of those breaks where they're just kind of rotating through basically pngs yep, yep. Uh, or have them play like the day before the that week stage like just have them and be like something. okay we're gonna have them play on Wednesday. a little bit of warm i know that like having them from there from even from a like a in studio is more of a pain but you could still run the online tournament during a break or during a changeover with teams or whatever it may be like you have some options there right and now's the time to do it when everybody's based in well obviously it's a little bit different at this stage of the season but in earlier stages you could have just done it while you were there in LA before they were starting to do these, right. you know, the remote stuff where you had to drag players over and yeah. whatnot. But at the time it's like, they're all in LA anyway, just have them help out. Yeah. It would have been smart to, to do that in some ways. I, I think we will likely see a, a, and a, another round of changes coming to contenders, if not a complete dropping. Of contenders. I was going to say, does it die by next season? If it doesn't die, it needs another complete overhaul and it, it, it but it needs more in court. That overhaul will come in the, in the fact of it'll be more incorporated with the current league. The problem is, is they will gate who can get into contenders a lot more. So you're not going to have any of these like crazy, funny, ridiculous names. They'll just don't go there. I know you're, you're I saw the wheels turning in your head. You're like, what, what kind of dumb team name can I come up with <laughs> on the fly? Uh, but anyways, they, they need more incorporation, more exposure to the actual overwatch. league. if you're to give people, I guess you say hope of, of getting into contenders and making it even worth the investment. Yeah, totally better to put in a shiny new training facility that you raise money for instead of having them or, or even do like exhibition matches right from time to time where someone from contenders plays against an actual overwatch league team. Just for fun. Baseball teams do come up with stupid gimmicks to come to the match, like dog night or (laughs) scratch and sniff cheesecake hats. There you go. You see those? No, I have them. You have I used to work with a guy at Bleacher Report who collected them, and literally it was like a baseball hat, like a hardcore, like new era $60 hat that Scratch and Sniffed smelled like cheesesteak. All right. See, that could have that could have saved energy from having to drop out of Overwatch <laughs> Contenders is what I'm trying to say here. I think we need a cheesesteak hat team name, oh, related I'm name. I'm sure somebody will send us one yep. right, right yep. after they say something about me saying NAF wrong. Yep. 
the rumored two by two by two format, rather otherwise known as Roll Lock for Overwatch League competitive play, is back in the news after a combination of Reddit theorists and Slasher recently recently claimed on a stream to have inside information to list all the possible changes. We've seen this rumor flying around for mm-hmm. months and months now. This whole concept of Roll Lock or making it two two two, which either the existence of the feature or the existence of the rumor is indicative of how people feel about goats at this point and just sick of not having a truly balanced game. This is a big, big deal to bring it to the game, period, let alone right. to think about bringing it to Overwatch League. It almost makes you say that Blizzard has thrown their hands up in the air and can't figure out a way to balance goats out of the game as opposed to just forcing it into this 2-2-2 roll lock. Well, there's been a couple of comments that were made, I think, by Jeff Kaplan that uh, may have been in the forums. So this is part of that whole, like, people are kind of drawing some lines together that may not totally be there. So there is some conjecture no, around it. Yeah, that never happens. So. By having a two-two-two format, you're at least you know at least from a balancing standpoint that all those types of roles have to be on uh, the map at at that time, right? So you you can't be like it, it makes it easier to balance, right? That you're not going to have to like balance against someone having too many tanks or no. too many DPS. So it, it's yep. it makes more sense. Um, the players like it more so, uh, largely because it it locks them into the number of players they have to flex or the roles that they have to flex between. Right. right. And so they don't have to know as many characters. Their, their, their character pool doesn't have to be as large in theory. Um, and I think honestly it makes, uh, I guess you say staffing your team or, or like bringing right. on when your you team. See somebody's like, I'm support. They can legitimately always be support. Like you are good at that role and you will always, play that role right. because you don't have to worry about the meta forcing you into like a tank role for example right you're like okay i'm, I'm going to need three good tank players because the meta could change midway through stage or or in the second stage and i will need three tank players now it makes it easier to like sort out your roster and what roles you need so i you like it one from trick, that standpoint so but the thing is is like i think kaplan even mentioned like it, it would be really hard at this point in time to roll that out from an actual game change but what they were saying, or at least Slash was saying, that they might be considering introducing that into one of the stages as a rule. So it's not a hard and fast like game mode like restriction. Right. It's more piece. like, hey, let's see how this goes. Right. It is okay. You have to have. You can only like basically field this main this these roles. It so, will be hard to enforce though, and you can end up with some scenarios where it happens by accident because the nature of it would be different if Overwatch was a game where you made your selection at the beginning of the match and the judges verified and right. replayed. But because you can switch heroes in the middle of the match, it makes it a lot harder for them to enforce without an in game mechanic to do so. That that's true. I can't wait for oh sorry we gotta pause and replay technical timeout because yeah, someone accidentally yeah. picked Lucio. Well, I mean it, it could be it, that could be the factor. Okay, but right. what I if think you it, switch and another player on your team switches at the same time? Well, there might be an instance where you can't leave like the spawn area until that happens. I mean they they could put some bounds around it, but yeah, it, it does that's open to more problems without it being like hard coded into the game. Right? I have enough trouble enforcing the rules that are enforced by the game. Club. This is also true. Well, we next thing you know, we'll have some incidences of uh, people bumping shoulders in the back and oh, can't have it bumping shoulders because I saw you spend extra thirty <laughs> seconds with three support. It'll be like the too many men on the field penalty in the NFL. Big story of the week, and it's going to sound like deja vu because this has been rumored for, good lord, years? Uh, Way back to before the Overwatch League launched because there was rumors. I believe Richard Lewis actually had some inside information saying that Blizzard was trying to use future spots and future games esports to sweeten the deal when they were having trouble selling those initial franchises. So they finally come out, and of course, 
literally right after we recorded the show because Blizzard just does it to us to screw us. But Activision Blizzard announced the first five franchise teams to join their Call of Duty World League. So the five cities are going to be... I've got to switch over to my list. We've got Atlanta, which is the eSports Ventures team that is already involved in uh, the Overwatch League. In fact, all these teams are already over, uh, involved in the Overwatch League. We have Envy Gaming for Dallas. We have Sterling VC for New York, uh, which is the New York Mets team. We have Contact Gaming for Paris and then Overactive for Toronto. So basically, this is a, a way of saying, oh, yeah, these uh, companies that also happen to be the Overwatch League franchises uh, right. getting involved. But the big story here is $25 million for a Call of Duty franchise. What? <laughs> That's a lot of money for a, 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 a game, uh, a franchise On top spot. of what you're already playing, paying for Overwatch. Right, right. So they evidently have somehow made Overwatch League – Profitable at the initial twenty million dollars that you Sour bought in. Sour Patch Kids ads, and it like. must be. Uh, so, I, one of the things though that all this again brings up, uh, and and as an owner would scare me a little bit, right, is the fact that this game will change completely from year to year. Like he's already talking about the, the franchise teams will start with uh, on a new game of Call of Duty, yep. right? So it won't be the current. The current setup. Yeah. So because they, they rotate every year, it's a different franchise, basically. So, and a different developer. Well, yeah. So this makes your teams, like, really difficult to to put together, right? Because who is, is good and how well you play could possibly change based on the fact that your game is completely Well, because the maps are different, the mechanics are different. You have to relearn a new game every single year. Mechanics, yeah, yeah, everything. It's, I don't know. And I think when you, if you assume, and to be clear, I think the presence of like the Paris and Atlanta team show you that this was not taken advantage of maybe as early as we thought, because those are both second season's additions. So they were not around the first go around. Obviously, we don't know all the teams, but I think also the fact that they haven't announced more than the five teams say that they probably gave these teams rights of first refusal, which is one of the rumors that was going around. But none of these teams clearly bought in at initial asking way back in the day when they got into Overwatch League to begin with. Uh, What is interesting here is part of the reason why they said this was put out there was to try to sweeten the deal because it was initially less expensive spots in Overwatch League the first season. They had trouble selling. Now they've raised the price and they're selling just fine. Is that right. by all the teams they've added? Uh, but man, it seems like a stretch for uh, effectively what is Call of Duty World League. I don't know what they're going to do that is going to somehow make it different and more exciting because this is not like Overwatch League where it was like we had nothing essentially. Right. And now we've got this awesome Blizzard thing. Call of Duty World League has been a thing that has been supported for a long time that they're now like, oh, but no, it's franchise and everything is okay. Yeah. They must have numbers somewhere that says we can. We can take what's already there, and and I mean, we've yeah, we million million proven <laughs> we've proven that even if we repeat last year, it's still worth twenty five million. I don't I don't see, or even if we were able to do this over five years at five million a year, like it's still doable. There's something out there that again we don't know that fuzzy math that they have. No, there's a lot. Of I wish fuzzy I had that going. fuzzy. I wish I could get, like, hey Brian, here's this can of soda. It's worth twenty five million bucks. Come on, man, pony it up. But what are you talking about? It's like it's ice cold. It's, well, it's, shit. Yeah, and it'll be that way for like ten years to come, and you could always resell it for sixty million. I, no, it's just it's 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 weird that people are willing to invest that much into it when I still don't feel like Blizzard has shown. Uh, with Overwatch League, even that they are that the people are raking in the dough, right? I still think that even uh, even after the first year, Riot's uh, franchise teams were like clamoring for more of that TV money deal, right? They they w- weren't seeing it as profitable as it should have been. 
I mean, things are changing because League is on the up and up, but there is a vast difference between viewership in League and the viewership in Overwatch League. Yeah, and viewership in Call of Duty, right? Like, I mean, if you look at the LEC, which is the most recent example, I will admit that franchising or maybe just the rebranding and renewed focus on the LEC made a huge difference over the previous EU LCS iteration. So that is not impossible that they could bring something to the table that would make it more interesting but to be fair that was about a portion of an already really popular esport where this is a game that has always just kind of chugged along and not really gotten tons and tons and tons of traction it's one of the ogs but to your point that og one that we got really excited about is not the same game that we're playing today and it's not going to be the same game that these teams are going to be playing even what we're versus what we're playing today it's just it's a bit harder. I don't know. This is not like a sports game where it's okay because the general mechanics are largely there. It's more about you know some of the tweaks they make to physics yeah. and things of that nature. This is potentially a completely different theme with completely different weapons on completely different maps, and they bring map types in and out, and it's just not as stable, and they are far more subject to the sales cycle of the game and the popularity. As we know, the Call of Duty franchises tend to bounce up and down based on the theme that they choose. But I guess one could make the argument that that's a better chance because you have every year a chance for it to get more popular or better versus the Overwatch League where Overwatch has been losing players over time and the game itself is generally less popular and hasn't enjoyed the same upward trend that a League of Legends or a Dota has in player base at least. Right. Well, I mean, if you also look at like what stick and ball sport totally changes like rule sets and the equipment they play with essentially every season. And again, when you go back to the bar test, is something you can watch. If you watched it last season or you maybe you caught a few games here and there and you catch it again, you're like, I don't know what the differences are on the weapons or whatever it may be. Why is that guy falling over right. waving at me? It's super <laughs> yeah. confusing. Yeah. <laughs> what is it with all these Chinese military people? I'm so, so confused. Who's in the Chinese Air Force? Where did the hot pants go? So we'll see. $25 million to me seems like an absurd amount of money. Yes, I agree. I, I, just, don't, I just don't see. But to be clear, we were wrong as hell about the Overwatch League in the first season. So uh, take this with a grain of salt. Maybe we have just blessed Call of Duty World League to be the most popular esport that's ever existed. Hey, you're welcome. That is the reverse E-League report curse, I guess. <laughs> so that's going to do it. As always, you can catch us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eleaguereport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're over there, uh, leave us a five-star review. Complain about how I can't say any player names incorrectly. Same. It's just, you know. it's all about that NAF, man. NAF for life. Someone <laughs> should send me a jersey. Ride this air out until the, going uh, to the, the end. Exit. Because yeah. I'm going to get called out for it anyway because it's going to go up as a 30-second clip on social media and all the context will be lost. That's it. That's right. So at least you can't say I defended myself. And if you just want to tell me I said it incorrectly directly, you can do that over at our Discord at discord.eleaguereport.com. That's going to do it for this episode. We will be back next week with yet another episode of the E-League Report. 